our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. Today is Monday, which means we're bringing you Money Confessions, a weekly series where you tell us your deepest, darkest money secrets or hot takes. You're joined today by Sim and Sonia, two best friends who have a lot to say. Let's get into it. Hello, Sonia. Hello, Simran. This money confession is one that I feel like this is a true confession in the fact that this has different levels or layers to it. On one hand, we've got the confession itself. On the other tier, we've got the fact that it's a little bit wrong, maybe, or we'll see what we think about that. Mm-hmm. And then on the third hand, it's well, what on earth we do about it, because this is not just a money confession around the idea of like, I hate this about my partner or I've spent this money. It's just like, this is an active situation. What do I do? I've kind of messed up. And I think the best way to unpack this is just to read it out loud. Dear Sim and Sonia, I've signed a private agreement with my in-laws that on X date, we will purchase the home that my in-laws own for an already agreed amount. The issue is that we agreed on this amount at the peak of house prices last year. And now I regret it and want to back out because house prices have been falling since last year, but I don't want to ruin the relationship. Please help. So for those that like maybe didn't quite grasp that, this person decided to buy her in-law's place with her partner, but they decided to buy it in 2022 and house prices were very expensive in 2022. Now in 2023, house prices have dropped significantly around 20% in New Zealand, for example. And if this is where this person is from, they are now agreeing to pay something that is 20% more than what it's worth right now. And they're wondering if they can get out of it, but they have signed a legal binding document with their in-laws and they want to get out of it. Just before we get into this, what are your thoughts on doing deals like this with family, Sonia? I think it is tricky. Usually I err on the side of don't do it because <laughs> emotions, you know, things can get into play and I feel like it's always just such a point of contention. But if you've got good energy, good vibes, and you're you know, consulting a lawyer and you're putting it into a contract, that's always the best way to go about things. What do you think? Would you ever do that? Well, I have seen some like positive examples of people doing this where they have like bought a home from their parents and have bought it for a set amount and it just 
was a good deal for them in the sense that even though the house price was still what the market rate was, they didn't have to compete with other people. Their parents had the conviction of knowing, like, my kid is going to buy this house, like the sale is not going to fall through. Mm -hmm. Because when you agree to a sale price, you have to wait like often three weeks for that person to then get bank approval. So that's three weeks of you not being able to let other people give in offers or, you know, have the process done at the same time. So I've seen it go well. I don't know if I would do it myself. Yeah. I do think that, you know, this confession as spicy as it is, I think it's really cheeky. Do you? That she's even thinking about it because, like you say, you buy a new build. And, like, it's not being built yet and, like, you buy it at a certain price, like, the contracts are signed, sealed and delivered. And then next year when, like, the house prices go down, would you tell, like, the bank, (laughs) like, hey, house prices are down now. Can I get back, like, 200K from why I, like, agreed to? No, right? So I do think it's a little bit cheeky. Cheeky? Ooh. Why do you think it's cheeky? I don't know. It's just, like, you signed a contract with people that you know like they're your in-laws and they probably want to sell it for a decent amount and now like what if it was more expensive this year you know like what if the market hadn't dropped would you ask to pay more oh that's a good point thank you yeah like you've taken on the risk like I don't think you would have you would have been like I got a steal and in fact you probably in the moment thought it was going to be a steal and that the market was continuing to go up. And that's probably why you locked in. Because I was wondering, like, why did they lock it in a year early? Like, if they were going to buy it in 2023, why did they decide on the price in 2022? That's a really good point. Do you think this even warrants a conversation? Like, would you be brave enough to go up to your in-laws and be like, um, I don't want to buy your house anymore for this price. And I may have, like, signed on the dotted line. But, like, no thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I can just imagine some painful, awkward moments at like family dinners or if they're like going around. Like, it's funny how the house market has just like, you know, dropped. (laughs) We signed at this amount. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that wild? And then was like, yeah, that is wild. And then they go back to eating their potatoes. <laughs> no, you know what? I would be so pity if I was the in-laws. I would be like, oh, you know, we were going to go to Morocco for our retirement holiday, but because our retirement money was a lot less than we expected. There we go. Or we're going to go up to Whangarei for the weekend. <laughs> but you haven't answered my question. Do you think it's cheeky? Oh, yes. I think it is so cheeky. But would I do something about it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you would? Yes. Okay. Explain. I think it is wrong to have signed something and then realize that you had made a mistake because not only have you – I guess one, like being dishonest and like pulled out of an agreement or are trying to pull out of an agreement, you have robbed your in-laws of the chance to have sold their house for a higher price at that time. Like they basically said, okay, like let's say the house was $800,000 last year. They said, okay, we can get $800,000 for it right now. If you guys want to buy it, but you want to buy it a year later, there's an opportunity cost that we could sell it right now and just be done with it. We're going to wait for it for a year. But if that house is now worth $700,000, by asking them, hey, can you sell it to me for cheaper or it is cheaper right now, you've robbed them $100,000 that they could have gotten if they just sold it to someone else, like a non-family member. Exactly. But you'd still warrant a conversation. They don't need to sell the house to you, but you wanted the house from them. Like They could have gotten any buyer 
So on that note, I think that the in-laws, they get the short end of the stick if you try to have a conversation about it because that's unfair on them. But then you're also thinking about yourself and you're thinking, do I want to start off my home buying journey overpaying? Like if you went to the store and you saw like a touch, a, I don't know, sunscreen for $300 and you knew that they were worth $200, you would not pay 300 bucks you'd be like i'm gonna go home and i'm just gonna order online like that's just how like we are and imagine that with a house a hundred thousand dollars on a mortgage isn't just a hundred thousand dollars with like compound interest and interest rates continuing to change that's like four hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars spread across 30 years so it's not like a small like oh i made a blip i'll just put in an extra 50k or like i'll pay an extra 50 dollars a week like that's hundreds of dollars a week extra for your mistake so from a selfish point of view i'm like i would have a conversation but i know i'm wrong for this mm-hmm. would you have a conversation at all i probably wouldn't because the discussions that like my partner and i would have been having and then to go through a very i assume a long and not easy process of signing a house and agreeing for it to go back especially when like the probably looking at retirement and they're looking at all these things about downsizing like I would just feel icky about it like it's not going to be a win of I get to save like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars do you know what I mean like it would be icky on my part for business owners every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card it's the culmination of your hard work dedication and commitment to your customers that's why i'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments introducing tap to pay on iphone powered by stripe contactless payments has never been easier you can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iphone and the best part there's no additional hardware required think about it from local pop-ups to global retailers tap to pay on iphone and stripe cater to businesses of all sizes empowering them to accept payments right from their iphones it's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes not days so how can tap to pay on iphone and stripe benefit your business it's simple increased revenue expanded reach and enhanced customer experience it's a win-win-win to learn more about how tap to pay on iphone and stripe can transform your business visit stripe.com slash tap iphone today you know what i agree i see what you mean in this situation if i'm going to be completely honest this is what i would actually do because now that you say that and the idea of like it is being cheeky and you don't know if you'd actually broach the subject i hear you and actually now i agree with you and i take back what i said about trying to change the price or trying to broach that subject and maybe i would go about it this way because this has just come to me when you go and buy a house you have to get a bank to value the house for you because let's say a house is worth seven hundred thousand dollars and you want to buy it for eight hundred thousand a bank will send an independent valuer to make sure that they are not loaning you more money than they need to and if you try and buy a house for more than it's worth like if you try to overpay for a house by choice a bank's going to be like babes this house is worth seven hundred thousand we're not going to give you eight hundred thousand dollars for this like you're going to have to come up with that money yourself and so when you go to do this i'm sure one of your like things on your 
sales and purchase agreement on the you know official document to buy the home or to put the offer in was on the subject of financing and if you haven't done this then definitely add it in on the subject of financing and so say to them okay i will buy it for eight hundred thousand dollars then take it through to your bank as you would normally do for your mortgage approval because you need that from them and the bank is going to ask for a valuation and the valuation is not going to come up as eight hundred thousand dollars because that house has dropped in value as you've mentioned yourself and the bank is going to come back to you and say we can't give you this mortgage and therefore you cannot buy this house anymore for that price we can only give you seven hundred thousand dollars and you can take that information to your in-laws and go look i have kept up my end of the bargain i have offered to buy the house for what i said it was worth at that time the bank not me <laughs> the bank won't let me buy it because they're not going to let anyone buy a house that is overvalued for what the house is worth and if you don't let me buy it if you go to someone else to buy it off they're going to have to go to the bank too the bank's going to say the exact same thing to them hey we'll lend you money but only for seven hundred thousand dollars not eight hundred thousand and you're actually going to run into this issue and i know this because i actually had this experience where i put down an offer for a house the bank basically said the house is not worth five hundred thousand dollars it's worth four hundred thousand dollars and when i went back to the real estate agent i was like i can only offer four hundred and the agent was like well the family want five hundred and i was like look the bank's gonna say four hundred to everyone like you are only gonna get this amount of money you're asking for someone to give you money that the bank will not give anyone so you might as well just give me the house and obviously they did not give me the house because someone else bought it in cash but oh, great <laughs> as i do but that's the whole idea of why put the blame on yourself why fall for it this is not the most ethical tip i have ever come up with and i'm not proud of this but why take the blame when you can through a little loophole at least try and keep up your end of the bargain and go sorry the bank said no because they actually did the more you know like even if you didn't know this and you still went ahead with it the same outcome would happen there's one way to go about it defer deflect blame and just blame it on the bank would you do that see i don't know if your partner and you are having like honest conversations and they're like maybe we should give it a go then maybe but i don't know what that says about us <laughs> as people <laughs> it's like my gut instinct to be like no no yeah you know yeah but it would happen anyway like you'd be like okay let's go buy it <laughs> stop <laughs> and you'd still not be allowed to i'd come up with the money somehow to pay my in-laws oh that's fair i think you can find a middle ground and be like okay we've screwed up but you can have like a hundred thousand dollars worth of equity in the house and the next time we sell the house you'll get a cut from it or something xyz just something to make it okay yeah so with that i feel like that's probably a good place to wrap it up this was a nice short and sweet and messy episode but if you have a money confession or a hot money take give us as much information as possible send us a dm or send us an email at hello at girls and you may just be featured in next week's episode until next time sonia till next time sim bye bye
And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.